Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. Tell me, what would be the most inappropriate moment to act like the person on the Discover Card commercial? Here it is. All the cash back new card members earn at the end of their first year. You matched everything I earned this year? Yeah. Woo! More money, more money! Yes! Go. When you're the only one in the office that got a raise for the year? Bad time. Right. How about right after winning alimony during a divorce? How about when you find out after your great aunt Ethel's funeral that you're the only one in her will? Mm. Or being the, would it be the pallbearer? The guys that go with the uh, collection on the sticks? On the stick? No, usually the elders do that. Oh. Pallbearer is the funeral person, isn't it? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> can you imagine putting it in and they go, more money, more money. I would laugh. That would be funny. Yes. Or while at an ATM machine. Sure. Also would be weird. Right. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duo with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation. I mean, I talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael and his firm, Legacy Financial Network, to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome everyone to Fireproof Your Finances. I am your host, Michael Markey. With me today, she is each and every week, my wife. Hi, everyone. I get to introduce you. You, you paused. Jumped, you you jumped. did a pregnant pause like, hey, you should say something. What is a pregnant pause? Did you not go to English class? No, I went, but actually, I didn't go a lot. Clearly. We didn't talk about pregnant pause in an all-boys school. I promise you. It's where you're reading something or you're saying something and you take a pause that lasts longer than just a space between a sentence where it's like a thought-provoking or insert something here. Ooh, I'm surprised this hasn't hit the Me Too movement. Like, why has it got to be pregnant? Why can't it be a oh lumberjack gosh. pause? Okay. Anyways, hi, everyone. Vanessa here. So we want to say hello again to the new markets or new market. 97.5 FM, sunny FM. Bear with us this week. We're both a little sick. Yes, you gave it to me. I've been sleeping on the couch. One night. I told you not to. It's probably going to happen tonight, too, because I need to be propped up. You've been like the carrier monkey. Actually, you can't be the carrier monkey because carrier monkey showed no signs of illness. Correct. You've shown many signs of illness. You don't show any signs of illness. Ooh, I'm the carrier monkey. Thanks a lot. So today's show, we're going to talk about long-term care again. Mm -hmm. Last week, we discussed long-term care and we ran out of time because I couldn't get you to stay on topic. No. You almost said right. No. No. So we talked about that there are, are alternative ways to pay for long-term care costs, nursing home, assisted living. Mm-hmm. 
And lo and behold, it's funny how some things like this just fall together. I've got a client going through our system right now and they just sold their house. It's a single person, just sold their house. Mm-hmm. Um, Mid eighties. So moving closer to the kids. Right. Now. And quite old for some of the people that you meet with. I mean, mid eighties is a lot of people are surprised that my grandparents are mm-hmm. in their mid eighties. And still living on their own. But Correct. We see that with married couples. Right. But That's- individuals typically end up in some sort of facility at some point. Right. And so at this point, she's in independent living. Right. So not needing the extra care, but it's the longer we live, the more likely it is we're going to need that type of care someday. Right. And so now we got this chunk of money, but had she needed long-term care while they had the house, there was more protection. Now it's just, you need to spend it down. Right. Now you've got this big lump sum that you have to spend down in order to get Medicare and Medicaid to offset any of these expenses to a meaningful amount. Correct. So the better question here then because I've, I've had this posed by some attorneys mm-hmm. that if the client or the individual, if they have the financial capacity to pay for the care that they should, that it's, un, that it's unethical for them not to if they can. I mean, okay, but the system is there for a reason. Yeah. I mean, and with all due respect, how are attorneys now telling us what's ethical? I guess with. Right. No due respect. I don't know. I'm not trying to make fun of attorneys or maybe I am. I will right. leave it there. But ethics or not, the reason that the system is there is so that people can use it. You pay into it your whole life. Right. So and stupid rules are still rules. Right. So the way I've always answered it is this way. If you feel ethically bound. So let's go over the situation with this client. Mm-hmm. They just worked with an attorney locally to kind of amend the trust. She had a living trust. Like many of you listening, you probably have a living trust trust. Okay. Now, some of you listening have, you don't have a will, you don't have a trust, you don't have anything. You've just got like, I don't know, you've got like stickers on the bottom of things telling where it's going to go. This is going to Aunt Cheryl. This is going to Uncle Bob. That's called a plan for failure. Right. So make sure you have something. And and I'm not the first, we're not the first ones to tell you that. You've heard over and over. If you're listening to the show right now, you don't have a will, you don't have a trust. All you got is stickers on the backside of spoons and Tupperware. You've already been told to have something in writing. Side conversation. Very short, but Sunday when we had birthday dinner for our oldest and a couple other people Mm -hmm. in the family, you were talking to my dad or something. And my mom was talking about great aunt Donna who passed away rather young. Sure. And her sister, Cheryl, they all put dibs on stuff in Donna's house because my aunt Donna didn't have kids. And my grandpa was loading up a U-Haul. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Just back up the story train here. You're... Aunt Donna had a sister also named Cheryl? No, my Aunt Cheryl. Oh, all right. My my grandma's sister, Donna, oh, didn't right. have kids. So anyway, mom's sister, her niece. Cheryl, yes. yes. So my grandpa is loading up a U-Haul for my Aunt Cheryl, who lives out of state. Mm-hmm. And they're carrying out the cedar chest. And my mom, the nobody's names are on anything. There's no will. There's nothing. My Aunt Donna was just like, go to town. Right. My your, mom goes. Your Aunt Donna's gone at this point. Yes. Got it. Yeah. My mom goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. Cheryl only has one daughter and she already has a cedar chest. I have two daughters and I have no cedar chest. My grandpa looks and he goes, you want the cedar chest? And she goes, yeah. And he goes, back the train up, boys. Cheryl's not getting it. My Aunt Cheryl's still angry to this day. Really? 
I mean, probably not, but she's kind of an angry mm, person. Probably. So I told my mom that's what created the rift between her and everybody else and why she's so bitter. But, yeah, but now what is she going to do with the cedar chest? Cut it in half when she dies? She already gave it to my sister. I'm screwed. I'm oh. like shoe leather, dude. That, that went well. Yeah, I know. So in this case, though, so you've already been told to split. You've already been told to put it in writing. Right. So there was a living trust. That's the most common type of trust that has almost no protection, though, for long term care expenses, nursing home, assisted living, almost none. Okay. Okay. So they amended that. They put like a, let's call it a pour over will. I don't want to get in the weeds on what that means. It's just they they made it a little bit better. They updated it a little bit. But it doesn't sound like it's great. It does nothing to protect against these costs. Okay. There's nothing to protect against nursing home or assisted living. Nothing. So she still has to spend nothing. very, everything very, very, down. very little, right? Yeah. So they're still gonna have to spend everything down before so they qualify. We start going through the planning process, and I said, you know, should we protect against these things? And the whole family agreed. And the idea of this isn't to have grandma have worse care. It's for grandma to have better care right. while paying less money. Right. And so what I recommended, I said, I want you to go back to your attorney and talk to them about something called an irrevocable trust. Um, some attorneys locally call it a protection trust. Okay. Now, I've had some who like give this huge pushback on it. So it was a nice moment today when that attorney came back and goes, yeah, I can do that. Wish I would have known that you wanted that. So that, that took away some of the, um, I guess, headaches that I've seen sometimes. Right. But, but that also means that a candid conversation wasn't had and they didn't explain all the options. There's a lot of people in the financial world, the law world, even the medical world that are really just order takers. You come in and right. you say, this is what I want. And as long as it's not going to hurt you. They just go ahead and write it down and say, here you go. It may not be the best thing for you, but as long as it won't hurt you, they do it. I think of that, I'm going to become really unpopular with this next comment. Too bad that doesn't work for Sudafed. I'm kidding. I'm going to become very unpopular with this next comment. It's like the all natural oils Oh, area. you went there. I did. Because what they'll say is, well, it's all natural. It, it's all natural. It can't hurt you. It's not necessarily the best thing for you. I'm not even saying it's bad for you, but it doesn't necessarily help you in the way that you're looking at. You know, it doesn't necessarily right. address everything. It just addresses this one thing. Right. And so they they go back and they're going to get the protection trust, but the protection or the irrevocable trust mm-hmm. after 60 months. So five years. Okay. So, so she'll f- be close to 90 by now. Five years and one day, those assets no longer count. You can't, you could show them to the caseworker and they can't count. They can't look at them. They can't say, well, we want you to spend those first. Okay. But what happens if something Go ahead. goes wrong between now and five years and one day? That's a good question. Let's answer that as well as how to get grandma better care for less money when we come back. Mike Markey is full of information, but as you probably already know, he gets so excited to give out that information that he speaks at about 900 words per minute with gusts up to 1,300. Now's your chance to get that information at your own pace. Mike has written a book called Fireproof Your Retirement, which can be found on Amazon. It covers many of the same topics we cover during the show, including income planning, asset allocation, gifting, taxes, and much more. As you know, Mike is all about paying it forward. That is why 100% of the proceeds go to local fire departments. Once again, that's Fireproof Your Retirement by Michael Markey, which can be found on Amazon.com. 
Welcome back, everyone, to segment two of Fireproof Your Finances. Uh, before we get back into long-term care, have you gotten the Twitter account set up yet, Michael? It is set up. Really? Yeah. Have you tweeted? No. I don't have a logo yet. Your uncle's making one. No. I will. But we do have Twitter. It's called F. It's Fireproof Show. Right. Fireproof Show. See, you gotta you gotta tell me these. Fireproof things. Show at Twitter.com. No, it's just at Fireproof Show. Hashtag Fireproof Show at Twitter.com. Sure. We're on the Twitter. Right. So back to long-term care. Well, before we do, so the idea of the Twitter here is give us your questions. Oh yeah, that's legit. You want to know something about finance? We would love to be able to answer some of the questions and interact with you guys there. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to pose them to me because I'm going to be the one do- dealing with the Twitter account because well, you don't know how. Why? I know how to write stuff. I actually have a picture already. When's the last time you used Facebook? I don't know. What's the matter? Because you don't know how to do that either. I took a picture in our office building. I'm not going to say which one. Bam, bam, bam. I'm not going to say which one. Okay. There's a big accounting firm, though. Okay. And outside their door at about eight o'clock at night, there's this big trash container filled with documents to be shredded because they outsource their shredding. Is it locked? With a little cheap bike lock. Like it's, and this is a plastic, you know, put your garbage out at the end of the curb container. I could have pried it open. You're just taking a crowbar. I could have taken my hands. These hands are meant for prying. Okay. I could have opened it right up, had social security. Scary. So so what was the purpose of you taking a picture of it then? Because I want to tweet it and be like, this is is what not to do. Yeah. How is your information being protected? That's kind of good. See? Wow. I'm all over this social media stuff. So we are at fireproofshow.com. No. (laughs) All right. So back to the long-term care. How do we get grandma better care with less money? So let me explain how Medicare Medicaid works right now. So there's certain rules. If it's a married couple, you can have half the estate up to about 130,000. Mm-hmm. In other words, if we have 200,000, half the estate would be in a house and a car, but these are investable assets. Would be 100,000. Okay? Okay. If they had 300, it would be 130. So it's half up to this 130 markish. And okay. that number goes up each year with inflation. So if you have a 300 going up to 130, we still have a spend down. We still got to use 170,000 towards care. Right. For that unhealthy spouse. Right. And the idea there is to leave the healthy spouse with some. But not a lot. I guess it's all relative. Okay. But in the case of this example, we get those dollars outside the estate. Now you asked earlier what happens if something happens to her in the first 5 years. Mm-hmm. We left enough money outside of the the trust, or we will be, to pay for those expenses. Okay. We hope that that doesn't happen. I, in fact, I hope that she never needs this type of care. But I know the longer she lives, the more likely it is she right. will need it. And the reality right. is, and I've seen people, it's a great question because I've seen people do nothing because they go, what happens if I need it in the first five years? Well, right now, if you wait two more years, then it's a new five years. If you wait four years, it's a new five years. Right. And you're not getting any younger. You're just going to get older and older. So why not do it now? And if you need it in the first five years, then you should have done it two years ago, but can't go backwards. Right. Anyway, so Medicare and Medicaid will pay about $8,000 towards this care right now. And I'm not the attorney here. I don't want to be the attorney. I can point people in the right direction. $8,000 a month? A month. Regardless of your income status. 
one half the estate up to about 130,000. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. We qualify based on those things, okay? But let's imagine that somebody, well, let's imagine that it's a husband and wife and they got a $400,000 house. Uh-huh. This is kind of illustrate it. And they've got 10 grand in savings. Okay. Husband goes in the nursing home. They're going to spend down 3 or 5,000. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to kick in that 8,000 a month. Okay. All the while that $400,000 house is still in the estate. Right. Can get left to the kids. Because it's a house. Now, in my client's situation, they sold the house so grandma could move closer. Right. So that house is no longer protected. Mm-hmm. Now, we get it out of the estate. Medicare and Medicaid will pay about $8,000 per month towards this care. That's going to buy you a semi-private room okay, with two rooms sharing one bathroom. So two people in each room, that's four people per that one bathroom. So like when I was in college and we had the suites, yeah. suite mates. And so when you put four people on the prune diet to one bathroom. No go. I call that a traffic jam at 830. Right. Now, what if we had gotten those dollars out of the estate? Now we could add about a thousand to fifteen hundred back into the state every month to help pay for the care. Mm-hmm. So instead of eight thousand towards the care, now we're at ninety five hundred. Okay, that takes you from a semi private room to private. Still two bedrooms to one bath, but now I've got two people to one bath. It makes it all the difference in the world to the family too. Alleviates the traffic jam. I think of when your grandmother went to Freedom Village, mm-hmm. and because you guys are insane with having everyone come over, it's not that bad. They didn't put a roommate with her because they felt bad. Room. I know, but it's grandma. You got to visit. I think that's a great thing. Few families show that type of um, camaraderie. Right. We got kicked out of an ER once. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> but not all places would have also given the private room. Right. Very few would. Right. So what we do when we use this type of trust is we get better care. Because now instead of like I explained to this family, I said... Right now, if you need this type of care, you're going to spend about $8,000 a month from the estate Mm -hmm. to get a semi-private room, two semi-private rooms to one bathroom. Or you could spend $1,500 from the estate to get a private room, two private rooms to one bathroom. Way better. And the only, I shouldn't say the only, the biggest thing that comes up with that, that I've heard from people, is Mike, that's unethical. Again, I started earlier. If I've got the financial capacity to pay for it, then I should. But you also paid for your Medicare your entire life. And that is what we'll go over when we come back. When you lose a spouse, you are faced with a whirlwind of emotions and decisions. Finances are the last thing on your mind. At Legacy Financial Network, we focus on making life transitions easier. That is why we've put together a helpful guide that focuses on what women should do before they lose their spouse. Give us a call at 855-LF-NETWORK or LegacyFinancialNetwork.com to get your copy. Life transitions are never easy, but we can help. Welcome back, everyone. The final happy segment of Fireproof Your Finances. I mean, it's not always that much fun to talk about long-term care insurance or long-term care planning. No, because it's not like anybody really wants to think about the fact that they may or may not need to have somebody take them to the bathroom every day. Well, wasn't that a pretty picture you just painted? I'm just Maybe trying this is why to be you weren't blunt. An artiste. No, not at all. I do really good stick people, though. So we talked before the break. I've seen your stick people, and they're nothing to brag about. We talked before the break. Never mind. I was going to say, you can still tell which ones are boys and which ones are girls. 
unbelievable. Just saying. Task at hand. You know, we've got a new market, and this is the direction you're going to go. Welcome, everybody. I'm so glad you're here. Sunny FM. <laughs> Welcome. Long-term care. All right. So they say, well, it's unethical. If you have the financial capacity to pay for this, why wouldn't you? You said you've paid into Medicare all these years. Right. Think of it as Social Security. You've also paid into that. Right. Most people go into retirement going, I paid into that. I deserve it. Right. I'm entitled to it. Back when entitled wasn't a bad word. Right. It's all those 12-year-olds playing soccer who got free trophies that now entitlement's a bad thing. We didn't win a game this year, but I still should get a trophy. Or like Ralph on The Simpsons said, smells like burning. <laughs> okay. The point there is entitlement's not a bad thing. Right. It's, you know, you earned it. Right. But Medicare, Medicare is different than, and Medicare and Medicaid, it's different than Social Security. Social Security, at least, if you pay more in, you do get more out. Right. It's not if you pay three times in, you get three times more. Correct. But you do get more. Medicare, if you pay more in, you don't necessarily get any more out. And in fact, if you pay more in and then while you're on Social Security, while you're on Medicare, if you make more money, you still pay more in and don't get more out. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we've done before is calculated how much somebody's paid in to Medicare. Okay. And I said, well, why not use that amount of benefits? That was probably the first thought I had. And then a couple of years ago, I came up with this. I said, hmm. So your moral objection with this is that there's $80,000 worth of care being paid on your behalf for something you paid into mm -hmm. that you still have the financial capacity to pay for. Is that correct? Yes. And the person or the family Mr. would say yes, like you just did and referred to me in a weird way. We'll come back to that later after the show. No. Nope. And it hit me one day. I said, what if, just what if, be with me here in a minute, what if... You took that 80000 and you donated that to the local church instead. Because I think the local church would do far better things with 80000 Than the Medicare system. Than would the federal government. Right. And you know what no one's ever argued with me on? That nope. option. Nope. Never. They're never like, well, I don't know, Mike. Have you seen the uh, fiscal budget 2019 that they've laid out? It's pretty amazing. No. Nope. Most of the time they go, you're right. Right. Have you seen the uh, treasury yield curve? pretty impressed with what they're doing over there no one says that nah no you're looking at me right now like what are you even saying you don't even know what you're saying you're making up words treasury yield curve is not yes those are words but i did not make them up those are what nerds like me talk about mm -hmm. just not with their wives okay so back on task mr treasury yield so mm -hmm. your example is with your client who's a single person mm-hmm so what happens if you need long-term care and I'm still around? Because I will be. I think what you're asking is, how about for a married Couples. couple? Yes. Yeah. All right. So for a married couple, we started talking about this earlier and then I got specific on that example. A married couple, it's going to be a little different, mm -hmm. but it's kind of more fun. So let's say that we put the house... You are the only person that I know that would sit and say long-term care is fun for a married couple. The planning part. Okay. So I find anomalies like this fun. I find this ability to use these rules because some of these are stupid rules to your advantage fun. I do. I find it interesting. Okay. So married couples. So let's put 500000 in the estate. Okay. And let's put a $300,000 house. Okay. Okay. So again, it's one half the, you know, one half the investments up to about 130000 Okay. So we'd have about three seventy. dollars we got to spend down. 
It's a big deal. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Put now. Let's say that, just as an example, let's say four hundred thousand is IRAs, a hundred thousand is non-qualified. That's just like a regular brokerage account or savings and checking mm-hmm. those sort of things, CDs, and then I got the house. Okay. Let's imagine we work with an attorney um, here locally. I'm not referring to any. There's a number of them that do this that are great. Um, but you put the house into your trust. Okay. And again, this isn't a normal revocable trust. This is a special type of trust. Mm-hmm. So they put the house in the trust. They put a hundred thousand that hundred thousand of non-IRA dollars in the trust. Okay. So now I got four hundred dollars outside the estate or in the estate, and I got everything else outside the estate. Mm-hmm. Now the husband goes on claim. The husband, you know, let's imagine it's sixty-five months later. It's at least sixty months later, after five years. Okay. Okay. So we've got the same spend down one half up to about 130. So immediately though, remember before it was 370 we had to spend down. Mm-hmm. Now to get down to 130, I only get to, I only have to spend about 270. Nice. But here's what's cool. Do you own one of the things that it allows is you can own a house. Yep. Do you own a house? No, I don't. You don't. Who does? You do. No. <laughs> the trust does. There you go. Boom. So I can buy a house. You could. And it's perfectly acceptable. So now I own two houses? No, the trust owns a house and you own another house. A condo right next to my nursing home. Oh. To make sure that I don't get frisky with the nurses. I mean, at that age, if you can get frisky with the nurses, by all means. You know, unlike other people, your recorded word will be saved. That's fine. So... Again, I think that's kind of a neat thing that happens. We've had a number of clients do that. Okay. Here's the other thing I've had some attorneys bring up of why they don't like this type of planning. Right. You can't, I shouldn't say this. Again, I'm not the attorney. I don't want to be the attorney. What I've been told, what I've seen Mm -hmm. is that you won't be your own trustee. Okay. So the trustee, you want to take money out? You want to sell your house? Whatever it may be, you have to have the trustee sign for it. AKA your child. Not everybody has a child that they would trust, though. Okay. Well, it could be brother, sister, aunt, uncle, mother, father. Okay. Brother. So you have to get permission from whoever you make no, the no, trustee. No, no, no. They need to sign. Okay, fine. You have to talk to the trustee and they need to quack, quack, quack on the dotted line. Right. Now, let's imagine that they don't. So let's say that your child is one of your trustees mm-hmm. and you got two kids. Okay. And you want to take 10 grand out of the trust to pay for Billy's sister. So we got Billy and Margaret. Margaret, that's what I was going to say too. Mm-hmm. So you got Margaret. We're going to call her Maggie. Okay. And Simpsons reference. Yes. And so you're going to take Maggie's kids to Disney. Billy's always wanted, let's make it Bart. Bart's always wanted you to take his kids to Disney, but you never have because Bart's kids are hellions. So Bart being your trustee though, because he's really responsible, goes, nope, I'm not signing on that data line. I'm not letting you, helping you take out money to send Maggie's kids to Disney when you've never taken my kids to Disney. And Problem. Welcome to the entitlement world. Right. Well, you get to choose who your trustee is. Mm-hmm. When Bart doesn't sign on that bottom line, guess what you get to do? Change your trustee. Boom. Gone. Yes. It's like being the president. Also might get in trouble with this. It's like being the president. Executive order. And being able to, well... No longer needing to nominate a Supreme Court justice. You got to appoint a Supreme Court justice. And if that Supreme Court justice did not vote the way you wanted him or her to vote. You could write him off. You could just replace him or her. Kill switch. 
or you ask them to step down. I'm just there's kidding. a dark side to that people Austin don't know powers. about you. He just pushes the button and they go away. Hmm. I I can't help it. I wish we had the drop. Boot. I watch too many movies. So if this information sounds a little bit different than what you have been hearing on a regular basis. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, I've never heard this about protection. Right. Go to the one of the workshops. Go to one of the workshops. You can go online. Sign up online. Call the office. 616-589-4004. They would be happy to sign mm-hmm. you up. Um, sit. Listen about Social Security, the overviews, a few pertinent information things to get you started. So go online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. It's LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. Or just call 616-589-4004. You or just get the love, website. You just, just call. love it that you've now I can give the- you. I can give out your phone number too, your cell phone. You guys want to call Mike? I'm kidding. I can also give yours out. Right. You want to play this game? Anyway. I'll, I'll tweet it. Sign up for the workshop, LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. Or join us at FireproofShow at Twitter.com. And I will make sure I figure out how to use Twitter as well. But as always, it's been a wonderful show today. And until next week, we are your hosts. This has been another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.